Blog Talk Radio. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. Shark, what happened? Uh, did I, you know, it's funny. It's funny. Very funny. Some people were wondering if I chicken out. That's that. That is hilarious, folks. Yes. Sharks, Jester, who comes out? Find out if I make it back. Apparently, I've made it back. Mm, let's see. Yep. I have all fingers, all toes, and I will be telling the tale about that. Hard Knocks, Tampa Bay coverage. Good to have Kid Kelly call in. Uh, she's covering Hard Knocks for us. Each week, HBO has out the uh, camp from Tampa this year. And uh, Kid Kelly is doing the coverage. Each week, she'll cover and do the review of the show. And the show just started this week. So, you go on fantasyjusticesports.com, the article's there. She'll be talking about that article and uh, obviously all things Tampa with us. Probably, more than likely, it's our opportunity to talk about our favorite team and JT's, the Giants. For those of you who know JT, knows that's uh, damn why, and he'll be sitting there uh, hating, hating, hating. Them. And that's okay, let him hate. How's your quarterback doing? <laughs> anyway, we'll be talking about that too. We gotta talk about the quarterback watch. We've everything that's been going on this week. Some interesting things. Uh Trubisky did well. A couple of moves. We've got a trade. Uh a couple of trades too, the uh wide receivers. We're gonna talk about that and the impact that it has on the teams. Zeke. <laughs> Six games. Bye-bye. Do you agree? I don't care. I, I'm happy. I don't care if I... I listen, no. Uh, I don't personally, but give him 10 for all I care. I'm a Giant fan. <laughs> so you're asking the wrong freaking guy. We're going to talk about all that. We're going to talk about Simon Gotch shooting on Enzo Amore uh, for the you wrestling fans out there. And if you haven't heard about what he had to say, we're going to discuss that. AL MVP, there was a good discussion this week about whether or not Mike Trout 
widely known as uh, right now the best player in baseball. But he only has the opportunity to play, I think it's 111 games. Is that enough to get him the AL MVP? And if not, uh, JT and I are going to talk about who we think about might be in his place. Again, you're listening to Fantasy Jester's show, Jester versus Shark. <laughs> yeah! You know it, baby. I'm here. Brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com, Blog Talk Radio. Don't forget, breadfromyourbed.com. Joey and the guys over there. Deep Obsession Charters, West Palm Beach, baby. Ryan Walton and the gang. Definitely going to be talking about them. And all the other sponsors we'll be getting to later on. Yes, I am past that. I spent my day on the water. And... This is my rant. This is my rant time. Normally, (laughs) this is my rant time. This is my time to bitch, complain on whatever I feel like at the moment. I can't. You got it. I mean, if you're tuning in, Jester versus Shark, what happened, this, that, the other. Tell you what, absolutely gorgeous day on the water with Ryan Walton. Guy's definitely the shark whisperer. Absolutely fantastic to go out with. Captain Tony on the cracker, went out, did a private charter, didn't go out on the depot with Ryan. We went out on a private charter, had fun, couple of nice little intimate group, great time. As we're heading, and you have to understand, we're we're down here, we're off of Jupiter, Florida, which is uh, kind of weird. As we're doing this, all right, so we're headed out. We're headed out to sea. We've loaded up gear. Just as you can imagine, at this point, I am, I am, I could have paddled the boat there and gotten us out there just as fast. I'm so jacked. So we're headed out there, and the water's maybe about 20, 30 feet at that point. Crystal, crystal clear. It's an absolutely, I'll give you the day. It's very light wind. Uh, 90 degree day, but on the water, you know what that feels like. It's not really 90. Uh, absolutely beautiful day. Water calm as can be. And the current was calm as could be. So it left. And if you've never been to Florida, folks, as you, and as you keep going further down, it, was, it, it gets clearer and clearer. And the water just turns amazing colors. And, and the clarity is just unbelievable. And so as we're going, you can see the dolphins uh, below us, actually, uh, a big school of 20 of them. And then we go out to the sharks and all this. And everybody was wondering, you know, everybody knew I was the newbie of the group pretty much. And uh, would I go in? And uh, I didn't, I got to be honest with you. And Ryan, will tell you, he's going to call in next week and, uh, He'll tell everybody. I did not hesitate. I went right in. I didn't care. <laughs> I was with the best in the business. There was nothing to worry about. And from there, uh, it was just a fantastic day. Folks, tomorrow I'm going to go through. I, I don't. I have at least 100 pictures on my GoPro. Uh, and I'll go through them. I'll take a couple, and I'll throw them out there uh, over, the, over the next day or two on social media. If you get the opportunity to come to Florida or you're in Florida, I highly, highly recommend hooking up 
with Ryan Walton and uh, absolutely amazing time. I uh, was petting the sharks. I have fantastic pictures of, uh, of them coming right at me and uh, to me and next to me and uh, pictures of Ryan uh, actually feeding them. And uh, it's crazy how uh, some of these sharks now it depends on the, Here's what the good part was. We saw uh, five different species of sharks in one trip today. And some of the more dangerous ones that we saw were the bull sharks. And you can go look up bull shark if you don't know anything about it. And you've got to, you've got to pay attention. And (laughs) got to be honest with you. At one point I was surrounded by six and, uh, I have to admit, at that point, your head is on a swivel because uh, you have to be. You have to be. You're still in their territory. You have to respect them. But again, with the proper tutelage and guidance, you can actually go out there, no cage, see these creatures in their habitat, just going freely and interacting and really not caring is absolutely beautiful wonderful time understand one thing it is still whether you're snorkeling or diving okay it is a hazard a woman today went out of jupiter a couple slips down from where we went out woman went out today uh in jupiter and died in her dive from complications. So it is serious. The diving part of it is serious. The sharks part of it is serious. I joke, I laugh, I make fun, this, that, the other. There was a reason why I was scared because of ignorance. And you learn not to be scared of them, just really what they're all about through Ryan and all that. But you still have to maintain the respect level of where folks fun time let's get to some sports that means only one thing if you don't already know on twitter fez437 fez437 is my co-host to every damn show we do here folks the one the only jason townsend jt what's up man how are you you know I'd be doing better if the damn Sharks would have done their job. Yeah, they have one job to do. If Bill Belichick was their coach, they'd be, he'd be extremely disappointed right now. Here you are on the show. You know, not only am I on the show, but I survived, and I swear, one of those Sharks, folks, let me, let me explain something to you. I'm not sure those were all American Sharks, J.T., <laughs> I could no, I could swear. Listen, I I am a rather large fellow, folks. Okay, and I got in the water. Portly. Pardon me. Portly. Let's go with Portly. No, I went Starbucks. Talking sir. about <laughs> oh, a little boat joke oh, for you. Terrible. Oh, that's oh, terrible. Oh, look at me, old salt here, look at folks. You. Old oh. salt. <laughs> We just lost 10 listeners on that. 
No, so, oh, listen, I'm telling you, and I swear, I, I get in the water right away. I mean, I just go over the side of the boat. I don't go to the back of the boat. Screw it. I'm going <laughs> off the side of the boat. Let's get in the water. Let's do this. Okay. And I swear, one of the sharks, okay, I, he had to have been from China. There's a Chinese shark out there. I heard him go, oh, bigger boy. Oh, you look like a poopoo prada. We'll be oh my God! And ten more people just left. Oh, we're losing people left and right. That's okay. The good ones are staying though. <laughs> no, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Inquiring minds want to know: Did you at least cannonball off the boat? No, sir. This was a. I was a oh. little bit more serious. You gotta understand, this was a serious jester for today. I understood life <laughs> and limb literally were at risk. At one point, right. Uh, I, I had to be reminded at one point, okay, see, because you also have to keep your arms in close and all this stuff. And uh, on the one pass, <laughs> yeah, uh, I could have, uh, ha- had I not been cognizant of keeping my arms in, I would have, because you got to watch. They come from anywhere. And, and, and some of the greatest shots I have <laughs> are also some of the scariest, okay? You're in the water. You're in the water, and the some. I've got a shot. I can't wait to post this one tomorrow. And he is coming right for me. It's a fantastic shot. I mean, an even more incredible feeling. Now I have to say, I would have expected you. I was going to expect you to open the show tonight with a little different music. I thought maybe a little Gloria Gaynor, "I Will Survive," or or something you know, out there for uh, the mood you're in, you know, and it's good that you're in this kind of mood because uh, later in the show, I I may have a question for you. We'll see how you feel about that, but let's get into sports right now. You know, you asked how my quarterback was doing. Yeah. Hey, Jay Cutler's doing just fine. Thank you. (laughs) My quarterback. Go, Jay, go. Huh? Hey. Hey, you know what? I like Jay Cutler at the helm more than I did Tannehill. Like we talked about, the, what was it, last week? Captain Checkdown Tannehill. Cutler at least makes the defense respect the deep ball. It'll open things up for Ajay. It'll open things up for Julius Thomas. Uh, Devontae Parker's numbers should improve. I think the only guy it really hurts from a fantasy perspective is Jarvis Landry. Uh, pretty much. Pretty much accurate. And like I said, you know, it's funny you bring this up, though. Um, I I was speaking with somebody. Somebody asked me on Twitter the other day, uh, what do I think uh, fantasy-wise and team-wise what it's going to do to the Dolphins? And I said, Jarvis will get his. Juice is going to get his, okay? It's going to go ahead. I see a slight uptick for Parker. I see a slight uptick for Ajay. And I see the same damn record you would have had with Tannehill. Ten and six. Nothing changes. What you gain right. in yards, what you're going to gain in yards, because he's going to throw the deep ball a lot, okay? What you're going to gain in yards, what you're going to gain in touchdowns, you're going to lose in a couple of more interceptions. That's what's oh, going to happen. Let's be honest. Well, let's be honest, though. Whether you're talking fumbles or you're talking interceptions, Ryan Tannehill, his numbers in the turnover department have increased uh, percentage-wise with games played. I mean, obviously he missed some games last year, so they're not as high as 2015. But uh, I, 
I like it. I really do. I like Jay Cutler there. I think Adam Gase can get the best out of him. And the guy that no one's talking about, people in your fantasy drafts, watch Kenny Stills because Kenny Stills will be the guy that runs that Eddie Royal kind of deep route that he had in Denver, that he had in Chicago, and the guy that can get behind the defense. And if Cutler sees him get behind somebody, he's going to launch the ball. Uh, you know who else uh, has been doing rather well, um, uh, but they're not. I, I just don't understand uh, their hesitation to use him more. Is uh, Marquise Gray? He's been doing great. My reports that I've been getting from a couple people, Ryan Walton, one of them, season ticket holder, but a couple people down there talking about how well Marquise Gray has just been catching the ball, but yet not. Just can't can't break that. Can't break the uh, number one I mean, spot. He only played one of uh, the offensive snaps the other night. Don't understand that. Well, the problem with Marquise Gray is the guy's a, an accomplished receiver. He runs a nice route. He catches the ball. He moves well. He doesn't block in the running game. And I think that's why you see a guy like Fasano brought in, um, a tight end that can actually block in the running game, go out, make a few first downs. Uh, Julius Thomas is not a great blocker, but he is a good blocker in the running game, and I think that's the problem with Marquise Gray. The guy looking at him last year, he just was a zero as far as that goes. You know, until we got Ingram uh, for the Giants at tight end, um, I would have taken a guy like Fasano. As a blue-collar guy, he, he, he'll, he'll block and he'll catch. He'll do whatever you ask. Him. I really, I, I think he's so underrated. He's a Bill Parcells kind of guy. You know, if you go back, they say the Bill Parcells guys, the guys that are locker room leaders, blue collar, lunch pail kind of guys that just will go out there and hit you in the mouth. Uh, I think he's a great addition to what, if you look at Miami's roster, aside from mm-hmm. and Sue, Cameron Wake, it's a pretty young roster. Uh, right. Talent wise, especially your starters. So you bring a guy like Fasano that can come in be a guy that you don't have to game plan for defensively, but a guy that's locker room glue, kind of like Mike Napoli was for the Cleveland Indians, as Jim has told us, you know, a couple of times when he's been on the show, I see him right. as that type of player for the Dolphins. Uh, talking about, we, we, we touched on it uh, before we get to hard knocks and Zeke and all that. Let's talk about that trade. And what it means to wow. the three teams involved. Now, I'm still tr- I'm still trying to figure that trade out. To be honest with you, for, from the Rams' perspective and from the Eagles' perspective, I see why Buffalo did what they did. But those right. other two teams, I'm not quite sure what they're thinking there. I mean, Ronald. Well, Garner, I know the Eagles for sure. Team. No, the Eagles well, needed they, they needed a corner. They needed a corner. Okay. I just think they could have got a better one for the price that they paid. Well, well, let me ask you this. You give up Jordan Matthews and a third-round pick for, again, 2015, Ronald Darby, second-round pick out of Florida State. I get it. They need a corner. But let's mm-hmm. be honest. So does Buffalo. You know, Gilmore, their top corner from last year, gone. Okay, they brought back E.J. Gaines in the trade from the Rams, but it's not like right. we're really going to see much of him. Buffalo needs corner help as well. I do believe New England's in our division still. So if they're willing to trade a guy – from a position they're thin at, it's got to tell you there's something more to that situation. 
Something more to that situation uh, as far as the kid's concerned, yeah. And second, it's all about their their stockpiling for next year's draft. Mm-hmm. That's all they're doing. Right. And, and putting themselves in a very nice position. You know, uh, as much as we tease Tate uh, about being a uh, Buffalo fan, his team sits in a nice position for next year's draft and uh, should be interesting. Pick up an extra, extra second-round pick, an extra third-round pick, give you some ammunition to move around the draft board in the first round, too, if one of those players you like are sitting there. Wasn't it a draft similar to that that started the Dallas dynasty? Well, yeah, that was the Minnesota Vikings gifting the world right. the, uh, aging Herschel Walker on that one. But, yeah, it did. I mean, I could definitely see some similarities in that. Uh, the Rams, though, what are the Rams thinking? You basically have Sammy Watkins and Tavon Austin. They're the same type of player. Uh, Sammy Watkins is good for, what, four, five, six games tops before he's out, if not sooner. He's not really an accomplished route runner. He's not got the best set of hands. He's fast. Uh, he make and run, but so can Tavon Austin. So I'm just trying to understand what they saw in Sammy Watkins to give up a second-round pick. Uh, he must, uh, you know, he must have been on their board, favorite of somebody there, either McVay or, you know, who knows? we got to be honest well, with here, you. I have Matt, a question for you. Yeah, here, Here's a question for you. So, this past offseason, the Rams, Los Angeles Rams, signed mm-hmm. best friend Robert Woods in the offseason, right. a fellow Buffalo Bills teammate, wide receiver. I wonder if maybe, you know, did Robert Woods put a bug in somebody's ear? get into look at something. Uh, it just, I find that amusing. It's not like Buffalo had the most prolific passing game last year, but yet the Rams have found a way to acquire their number one and number two receiver this offseason. It's, it's an interesting, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying, but you look at how they're building too, JT. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, folks, they've got an, what could be an interesting team. If they can get that line to meld together, they've got, to me, they've got a top five. Those top five receivers are pretty good. They're not bad. If Watkins can stay healthy, then you got Woods. Then you got Tavon Austin. They're they're rookie. Then last last year's rookie, uh, Cooper. Yeah, Farrah Cooper. Some, uh, I don't some nice talent would, there. They do. I would go out on a limb and tell you right now, week one, NFL season, September, Tavon Austin will not be a Los Angeles Ram. Where's he going? Well, whoever wants to pick him up as a free agent, because I've heard grumblings that this could be the way they cut bait on Tavon Austin. Uh, they're sick of his games. They're sick of his attitude. The guy, if you watch him in practice, the guy dogs it in practice. I've seen several of their practices so far this year. The guy dogs it out there in practice. So, um, you know, at this point, maybe the new regime is saying, hey, we're not going to put up with this garbage. We're going to go out and get guys that want to work, want to be here. And uh, maybe you see Tavon Austin, who makes a decent amount of money. You know, maybe you see him cut loose. They're adding enough weapons that they don't need to put up with it anymore. I mean, let me ask you something. 
Speaking of one of the new weapons, uh, this year's second round pick, Gerald Everett. Your opinion on him? Nice tight end. Um, the guy should start from day one. Tyler Higby and his off off the field right. troubles. You get all the you get all the garbage that you get with Gronk without any of the talent. Um, that's a nice deal the Rams <laughs> have there. Um, so, you know, the kid can block. The kid can stretch the field vertically. And honestly, he's a pretty good route runner. I thought he was a little underrated coming out. Um, so. You know, look for him to probably be in the starting lineup day one would be my thought. I, I kind of, I, I, yeah, I, I really think he's going to be, I mean, he's got, he's got, listen, yeah, he's got good size. He's not that small. He's 6'3". He's not that 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six guy. He's 6'3", mm-hmm. but he's got a little bit, he's two, 239. He's a linebacker. He's linebacker size, so that's fine. That, that's plenty good. Mm-hmm. There's a that didn't like his size, and uh, everybody looking for that six five, six six, six seven basketball right, player. Right. Okay. Um, that six three number kind of does hurt in, in the red, and you might have a little bit bit target. But yeah, I don't see why he couldn't. I don't see why he couldn't. That, that's pretty good. Um, you know, before she gets in here uh, and talks uh, Tampa, but Zeke. Six games, man. I, I gotta be honest with you. If I if I'm Dallas, I'm pissed. I don't know. No, what do you think? How can you be? I mean, how can you be? I live here. I mean, it's like this dark cloud has uh, been cast over the city of Dallas and the DFW Metroplex. To me, I'm enjoying it. I think it's fantastic. Um, the problem with Ezekiel Elliott is the kid thinks. Uh, he can sit in the middle of the floor and it isn't going to stink. He thinks it's, it, 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 I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. Jerry Jones needs to start getting a hold of some of his players. He's got some supremely talented players on his roster, but he has no control over any of them. I mean, the whole defensive line is suspended at some point. Um, Ezekiel Elliott runs around. The guy has a history. I'm sorry. Where there's smoke, there's fire. But you're not going to convince me otherwise with this guy. Maybe it's time to send a message to him, get in this kid's head and say, look, you have a chance to make millions upon millions upon millions of dollars over the next 10 years. All you got to do is mind your P's and Q's until you're 31, 32. Then go out and be a thug. You know, I, I don't get it. You know what? Send a message to this kid. The kid's supremely talented. Hopefully he gets the message because the NFL is a better place with him. But my question to you is, how much does this hurt Dak Prescott? Because I think a lot of his success last year was because Zeke was so dominant. Those safeties had to had to support the run, but left a lot of open passing lanes down the field. I don't think you see that same kind of respect for Darren McFadden. I think those safeties are going to be playing in passing lanes. Be uh, going to make it a little bit more interesting, that's for sure, uh, for, for Dak, without a question. And, you know, I, I don't – I, I – I really just don't see the weapons he needs right now on that offense either. Uh, so, I mean, you lose Zeke. That's a, that's a piece right there because like you said, it changes the safety play so much. It really does. And uh, it will impact the game. It, it's going to be interesting to see. My question, though, and where I think he, uh, as far as from a fantasy standpoint, where you make up for it is 
then you might see him a little more Cam Newton-esque. Fake handoffs okay. and all, you know, mm-hmm. uh, getting a little bit more on the ground since he is mobile. Well, this, so, I, I think this definitely saves Alfred Morris's his job in Dallas because I thought you were going to see him cut loose towards the end of the preseason with, uh, you know, Ronnie Hillman. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Derek yeah. McFadden, Ezekiel Elliott, Alfred Morris. But I think at this point now it gives Alfred Morris – who just a couple years ago was a 12, 1,300-yard rusher with you know, double-digit touchdowns in Washington, I think this gives this kid a, a, maybe a, a third or fourth opportunity at this point to uh, beat Darren McFadden out for that job. And even if he doesn't, he's still, you know, if you've got a, a league that you're in, folks, and there's a big bench, still a good stash because, you know, remember uh, – McFadden used to be Glass Joe. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> so how much can you really count on that, too? So you might get a couple of games out of Alfred Morris, and who knows, you know, how many times and, and I've seen this happen before where you get somebody that holds out, they hold out, they get back in, and sure, sure enough, they get injured you know, pull hammies and all that stuff, will a six-game layoff like that have the same effect for Ezekiel Elliott as far as his health all season long? I, 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 that's something to watch as far as hammies go and, and calves and, and Achilles. Things like that um, are usually something. But my thing is this, and, and I, again, folks, I hate Dallas. I, I, I hate Dallas. I hate their fans. I don't care. And I have really good friends that are Dallas fans. Let me tell you something. If I'm a Dallas fan, I'm pissed. I'm pissed to no end. And I'll tell you why. Now, the NFL knows that Ezekiel Elliott is, you know, a main piece of our team. And I was gonna, I'm going to mm-hmm. put myself in a Dallas fan's position. The NFL knows that Ezekiel. Yeah, thanks. It's a shitty place, trust me. Um, It really is. And we just lost 10 more. Uh, (laughs) We're losing people left and right tonight. And if if, if you're Chinese and and a Dallas fan, you're really gone. Um, So. Oh, oh, it's a boy. Oh, no, no, no. God, no. Okay. So, anyway, seriously. They take our centerpiece of our offense away one time domestic violence gets you six uh-huh. games. A kicker, Ray, a friggin' kicker, Josh Brown, uh-huh. several, several, not one, not two, several counts of domestic violence got one Game one. I'm losing my well, shit if I'm a Dallas fan at this point. Well, they they did the same thing last year. It's gonna become a, it's gonna become like the Madden curse. Which superstar is gonna get suspended for multiple games at the beginning every year by Roger Goodell? Last year it was Tom Brady. This year it's Ezekiel Elliott. Who's it gonna be next year? Stay tuned to the Jester Show to find out. You know, it's like okay. You know, Goodell, we understand, and we talked about this. Yes, Goodell's a prick. <laughs> yes, the players hate him. 
but the guy is in control of his league. And the owners, he had that majority of the owners probably to sign off on this. I don't think he made this decision by himself after the fiasco with Tom Brady last year. I think there's more to this. Don't forget, they've been investigating this guy for 13 months. They must have their ducks in a row to do this. Interesting. Folks, uh, next up, what we're going to do is I'm going to go ahead. As I've mentioned earlier, we're brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com, your kingdom for fantasy sports and more, apparently, with this whole shark thing and uh, who knows what else is going to be coming up now because of it. But we are graced tonight by the princess of sports is is that what we're going to call her? I mean, Ooh. she needs a better title than Kid Kelly now. I mean, yeah. she's moving up. I mean, if I had if I had four uh, Kid Kellys, I could take over the world. Honestly, folks. Now, oh yeah, uh, no doubt. You, you get the opportunity. You go on fantasyjusticesports.com. Look up Kid Kelly. You get to see all her articles. Does a fantastic job. I don't always agree with the articles uh, and. and JT uh, finds it as well that there's some that we agree with and some that we don't. But in the end, it's still always, always a well-done piece. You can find her on Twitter. Kid Kelly, I think it's 2 or 12 or something. We'll get that from her in a minute. But let's uh, let's get her in here from New Jersey, folks. Kid Kelly, what's up, kid? Nothing much. Just hanging out. <laughs> Though I'm not a huge fan of princess of football or sports. There, see, okay, good. I knew she wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> I have no. You just, I, I, I'm starting to feel like you need a a better title. You know, I, mean, a different I don't know. Handle, but princess. Oh, I, God, well, not, princess. not the Please. queen. I can't call her the queen because then I have to deal with Mrs. Jester, the actual queen of the kingdom here. So. <laughs> Uh-huh. You get what uh-huh. I'm saying? So I was trying to give right. her, you know, standing, whatever. I, I knew I'd screw that up anyway. I always maybe do. we should take a Twitter poll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. there you go. There you go. We could take a poll on uh, King Kelly's new nickname. Ooh, we can call anyway, <laughs> Kid Kelly. Or does, yeah, and that'll be one of the options. Does it stay Kid Kelly? Um, Kid, you've been covering hard knocks now. So what do you got? What what went on this week? If uh, people out there missed it or don't have HBO, what what Shame was the first you. episode? Yeah. I mean, it was basically the Jameis Winston show. He's okay. very charismatic. HBO is definitely aware that they have a much better lead than anyone they could have had from the Rams last year. <laughs> and he basically <laughs> he takes you on a tour of his stomping grounds. He takes you back to his hometown. He shows you him. Uh, show, like making little kids more confident in their abilities with sports. <laughs> they show you him praising guys, talking to coaches about wanting to be the best he can be, heading heading to practice early. It's very much his show this season. So if you don't like Jameis Winston, you're probably not going to like the season of Hard Knocks. <laughs> I'll say that Gerald McCoy, the defensive tackle, is easily the MVP of the show, though. He shows up in a dragon kimono. (laughs) He sings to his kids. Nice. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. He sings to his kids. You know, he's definitely dad of the year. (laughs) Whether he's a great dad off screen, I don't know. He's terrific on screen, though. (laughs) 
I mean, the only problem is they show you a lot of the rookies who are trying to make the team, and then they cut them pretty quickly, so you, you don't really get to know them that well. <laughs> Kids, let me jump but in here on you. You watched, you watched last year's with the Rams, right? I did not. This is my first season oh, of Hard Knocks. I'd your, actually never ooh, seen it's your first one. It's yeah. funny because I was thinking that same thing when he's cutting these rookies. I'm thinking, man, it took like three episodes last year for them to show any cuts, and we're getting them like 20 minutes into the episode. But I got to ask you, we didn't even – Jameis Winston even gave us a play-by-play on two cockroaches mating where he showed us where he yes. used to take a leap when the bathroom <laughs> was full. I mean, you can't beat that kind of action on a TV show. You really – you really can't, and I think HBO knows that. <laughs> you will be seeing a lot more of Jameis Winston pointing out insect oh. mating. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here watching the show, Kelly, and he's like, "Oh yeah, this is where the guys go to take a pee when the bathroom's full, because you know this bed right here. There's lots of toes and faces, man. Everybody had their toes in everybody else's face. I'm just like, <laughs> this guy's an absolute trip, man. He's made for the made for the TV screen. But I gotta ask you. Favorite, at least for me, one of the favorite parts of the show was the actual look at Deshaun Jackson. What did you think of that? I liked that, but I'd say my favorite part of the show was when Snoop Dogg came on. <laughs> oh. Oh. I, mean, just, uh, well, I, didn't, uh, I didn't know he'd be making an appearance, and I'm watching football, and all of a sudden Snoop Dogg, youth football coach, <laughs> comes on well, the ever, words of wisdom. Well, have you ever noticed that Whatever the TV show, like whether it be Hard Knocks or another show, wherever they are that year, that's his favorite team. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it doesn't I, matter wait, where I'm they are. That... Though, with Snoop Dogg, I thought his name was Snoop Lion now, but I guess he changed it back to Snoop Dogg. That's that right. That was so it was. last week. That was so last <laughs> week. Come on. I don't know. I mean, I mean you know, it's like, it was a good show. I, I enjoy it. I mean, I love Hard Knocks. I'm a big fan. I've been watching it since season one. I would say that they are painting the Buccaneers in such a different way that I expected. I mean, with a lot more glamour, a lot more they're showing the new practice facilities. They're showing some of the other stuff. Um, And and it's good for me that Jameis Winston was excited over hotel points, just like a normal guy like myself would be. You know, you can't beat that. He's like, oh, I get a thousand points for not cleaning my room for two days. Fantastic. <laughs> I did think a big problem was the coaching staff was incredibly boring. Uh, yes. I mean, John Gruden <laughs> coming in just felt like a necessity to liven up anything with them. <laughs> well, give us your grade on the rookie singing symposium. Cause I enjoyed some of those songs. I mean, I like the uh, Riley below, whatever. I don't have past his last yes. name. Fetty Wap. <laughs> Got to give it up for him. <laughs> I'd say he, was he good makes and... a better Fetty Wap than Fetty Wap does. <laughs> well, I felt bad for the kid that came up there and didn't know the words, so he's trying to read him off his phone. And you have all things, <laughs> and they knock, and they boot is, him off. <laughs> yeah, this is my favorite thing in the world is irony, and to have Doug Martin of all people push him off the stage for cheating. I'm sorry, aren't you suspended for three games for PEDs, you <laughs> jackass? So, I mean. To me, that was great. I'm just like, wow, look at the irony of this. I was a little disappointed that we didn't get to see any O.J. Howard, and I really wanted to see the kicking competition, and then, you know, obviously, Goyo is not with the Buccaneers, so I guess that's not going to be as enticing as they promised it would be. (laughs) Yeah, I'm wondering how they fill the time with that. Maybe we'll get to see more Gerald McCoy and his bread Komodo. Yeah, I mean, I would like for him to show up in the kimono in every episode. 
Well, he said he has the whole outfit. He's got the, the thing to go on it and all this other stuff. And I'm thinking, well, where is it? You know, where is, it, where is the camp next time? But uh, it was a good show. I enjoyed it. I think uh, Jameis, though, I, I, I agree with you on the coaches, and John Gruden was a must. I will say, though, I did enjoy listening to some of the assistant coaches absolutely climb up Jameis no. Winston's backside and basically <laughs> say, look, this, it's your job to fix this, not mine. You better, you better get your head on straight, you know. So was, I did enjoy it seeing McCoy. that. McCoy too, when uh, he was, I think it was him when he hit Winston. It's <laughs> like I'm oh, going to be cut. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. McCoy uh, touches the quarterback. You're not supposed to do that. Like when he said, "Man, I was almost in tears when I went back to the huddle." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, no, go ahead, go ahead. I thought it felt like Friday Night Lights. <laughs> Well, one last thing. One last thing, Jester. The show is missing one thing. It's missing a player that does not believe in dinosaurs because I still <laughs> love that about last season's episode. And, damn it, they need to get him from the Dolphins to come up to the show to the Buccaneers and talk about it because that guy was funny as hell last year. <laughs> that is good. That is uh, – and, you know, we should have had Ethan on, the uh, resident dinosaur expert. <laughs> No doubt, no doubt. Uh, and kid, so that you have an idea, we have a we have a five year old now, soon to be six, that is a dinosaur expert. Uh, probably, <laughs> uh, I can I can get no, I'm dead serious. I can get the six year old on. Well, like I said, not yet six. I can get this five year old <laughs> on. His name's Ethan, and he will come on. And I promise you, you can put any adult on this show, any adult. That doesn't have, uh, you know, walking the street kind of person. <laughs> now, obviously not somebody from the Museum of Natural History that would have a better idea. But you know what I'm saying? This kid knows. Yeah. Oh, no. And then you mention the two different dinosaurs and he knows all the different names for them. And then, like, it, it, you could go ahead and say, well, the brontosaurus should be here. With uh, What happens if they met a T-Rex and all this stuff? And he looks at you like you're an idiot because he's like, well, that's because they're from two different periods. One's Jurassic and the other one's... I'm like, oh, my Lord, (laughs) at five. At five, I was still drooling on myself. (laughs) You definitely smoked me in a trivia. (laughs) Unbelievable. But anyway, yeah, no, we're missing a little of that. It'll be interesting to see what happens now in this uh, second episode and really looking forward to your coverage of that on uh, FantasyJusticeSports.com. Folks, absolutely fantastic work. All all of your articles are absolutely great, kid. You know, Thank while you're you. here, and while you're here, uh, I would be remiss, of course, uh, without mentioning a team that, well, we're both familiar <laughs> with, shall we say. <laughs> oh. I didn't hear anything back there, sir. Uh, I'd be more than glad you, you just sit there and look pretty. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I got something for both you guys, trust me. Oh, you got something? Oh yeah, oh, here. Well, okay. I got both Giants fans on the on the on the line here. So let me ask you all this. So, what are your thoughts on Sheldon Richardson calling out Brandon Marshall in the New York media, basically saying he's a punk bitch drama queen who quit on the team last year every opportunity that he had? Now wait a minute. That's not just Sheldon Richardson that said that. Go back to Chicago, go back to Miami, go back to Denver. And he's had several prominent teammates accuse the guy of the same thing. So where there's smoke, there's fire. 
Thoughts on Brandon Marshall? I mean, I'm not a huge Brandon Marshall fan. He's a talented guy, you know, but that's about where I draw the line with him. <laughs> if he performs well for the Giants, then I'll put up with his diva crap off the field. If he doesn't perform well, you know, he'll be cut. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I got to be honest with you. I really don't care what kind of a person he is. Uh, I, As you see in the NFL, uh, you got to pick and choose what your evils are as far as players right. are, you know, because everybody has their the own team, thing. though, isn't a personality flaw. Quitting on the team isn't a personality flaw. That's a serious thing in the locker room, quitting on the team. Uh, listen, uh, he wouldn't be the first guy to quit on a losing team, though. Okay. That's true. <laughs> uh, I can't see if – I really – if – Okay, my thing is this. If you're going ahead and you know you're just going to get your ass kicked week after week and you're out of the playoffs, okay, and you're trying to get out of someplace, uh-huh. how are you going to be? He hasn't well, been no, exactly with winning franchises either, is what I, I guess I'm trying to allude to. Well, then, well, here's my question. This all beckons one thing. Don't you already have – I don't think your locker room's big enough for two drama queens because number 13 already has that crown. Yeah, that's, I mean, if listen. it really came down to it between Marshall and Beckham, I think the Giants will stick with Beckham. <laughs> Jesser wouldn't. Oh, wait, that was another league. Sorry. <laughs> that's another league. That's right. No, hey, listen, um, as far as Odell goes – you're going to see one of two things. Either he is just going to be a jackass and stay that way his whole career and play himself out of the Giants. I mean, right. Plexico, Plexico caught a Super Bowl winning touchdown and played his way out. Well, so did Antonio Holmes in Pittsburgh, for that matter. Well, but this is what I'm saying. So, um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting for this reason. What happens once Manning's gone? Do you really want that with your rookie quarterback at that point? Probably not. And that's that. That's going to be the interesting time for the Giants. Um, as far as having two I mean, of them, as far as having two of them, you know, you really, from a locker room standpoint. Here's one of the things. The giant players to a man. I, I, I don't know how they feel about Marshall, so I can't speak on that. But I do know for a fact how they feel about Odell. Odell, the teammate. So they see the guy who's there helping coach the new guys that are coming on the team. They see the guy constantly practicing his craft. Uh-huh. The, they beating up the kicking net. Yeah. And they don't care about that. Listen, the other players really don't care about that shit. They really don't. They care about a guy who's going to, are, are you working at what you're doing? Are, are you, are, are you practicing your craft? Are you trying to get better or not? That's what they care about. And he's not an ass to his fellow players. 
Now, how he is with Norman and all that, that's a whole other story. And hopefully that's the thing that you've got to calm down is the sideline presence. But you're not going to. You couldn't with T.O. You couldn't with Randy Moss. You couldn't. You can't with Des Bryant. It, it just that is. They're prima donnas on the outside for whatever reason. It just breeds them. In all fairness to Odell, he is young. I mean, he not the fame gets the people's heads. He's an incredibly talented wide receiver. For all we know, he will mellow out in a couple of years once he learns that the off the field antics just aren't necessary. But you know, only time will tell with him. Yeah, no, he's twenty. He's still twenty four. No, no, she's got a very good point there, JT. And the idea, people, you know, he's been in the league a while. He's still only twenty four, folks. I understand that, and I understand they're two different people. But how old's Brandon Marshall? Well, yeah, but uh, I already alluded to the idea he might never grow. No, no, no. I already alluded to that. Hey, listen, I told you, I, I believe he's not going to change. Right. But, but he could. You don't know yet. I mean, Marshall's I a different story than Beckham. If Marshall, mm-hmm. you know, keeps up with kind of crap in the Giants locker room, I don't think the Giants will have a problem with trading him, whereas Beckham has a little more leeway with it. Right, right. No, I'll give you that. I agree with you there. And I agree with Chester that it's, it's you know, Eli Manning should have. That's just it, though. Eli Manning should have the ability to control that locker room, but I don't think he does. Eli doesn't want to. He just wants to be left alone. Let me do my thing. Leave me alone. Don't put the Eli just wants to dance in the locker room. (laughs) If anyone else saw that video. (laughs) And sell memorabilia. What has been seen can not be unseen. That's all I'm saying. Um, True story. Paul Perkins is going to be a big factor this year. You know, I know, mm-hmm. Jester, you've been on him for a while, but it just, to me, it just seems like another unneeded distraction in New York of all places where it's going to be magnified 100 times. But if it's successful and it's New York, it also works for you. If and you start if, building if magic in New we'd York, all be drunk. Look at, look at, look at, look at Judge. If you build some kind of magic, in New York, you get that city juiced. It doesn't matter. Now, that's a whole other story because now, listen, the Yankees just lost Tanaka now. So, uh, that, that just puts oh. the nail in that coffin. Yeah. So, that puts the nail in that coffin. So, um, but anyway, yeah, no, Kid, thanks so much for coming on. As always, fantastic job. Uh, we're going to try and get Kid Kelly in here, uh, hopefully, uh, on a regular basis now, folks, so that you can go ahead, pay attention to her articles. Kid, where else can they find you? Where else do you have articles out there, dear? Showsnob.com. <laughs> there Show will be some articles up tonight on that. <laughs> okay, showsnob.com, folks. You got it. See some more of Kid <laughs> Kelly's work. She's not just covering sports. Kid, thanks so much. <laughs> Great job as Thank always. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Wow. And a giant fan. What more can you ask? I wonder if she's a devil fan. Damn. She's gone. I wanted to ask her if she's a devil fan, too. Anyway. Uh, Not she's smart. Yeah. Folks, we'll be right back. We're going to pay some bills and then come back. Uh, We're going to talk a little baseball next. We're going to shift gears, a little baseball, a little wrestling. Oh, gotcha. 
you will. Folks, you're listening to the Fantasy Justice Show, brought to you by FantasyJusticeSports.com, Blog Talk Radio, BreadFromYourBed.com, Joey and the gang over there, fantastic job. And, you know, they continue to grow. And it's amazing, amazing what they're doing to people's lives. It is, it is a true testimony of, even if you don't have the knowledge, they're, they're a personal finance blog, okay? And if you're looking to make a couple extra dollars from home and or trying to get out of the rat race, maybe you have an idea, you want to just work from home, but you don't know how. You don't know social media, you don't know how to build a website, all that Joey and the gang, absolutely fantastic, like I said, and they continue. The, the, the number of people that they help is just unbelievable. You go on the site, there's, I don't know how many different ways to make a little extra money right from the site. So go ahead, check them out, breadfromyourbed.com. Also, <laughs> Deep Obsession Charters, the sponsor of today's show. Jester versus Shark, who won? I tell you, I, I I'm at that point. I, I really am. You're catching the Jester, speechless. It was the most amazing, amazing time of my life. Um, I went out in crystal blue water. Absolutely beautiful temp. The water temp was uh, 81, I believe it was beautiful it was absolutely gorgeous and the sharks no cage thanks to ryan walton absolutely fantastic young diver we've got down here teaching people the real story about sharks and uh amazing amazing i'll be putting the pictures up as i can and uh and maybe as we're talking here i'll try and get one of them up to uh, everybody but Tomorrow, over the next couple of days, I'll get I'll get them out there because you really deserve to see some of these shots of these incredible creatures. And uh, I mean, I've got a shot. There's a uh, there's a ten foot. He had to be about ten, okay. Uh, and I'm trying to go a little small. Uh, it was about ten foot, and he's coming uh, right for me. And I've got a pretty good shot of that. All thanks to Ryan Walton. Again, if you want to dive. Any kind of dive. It doesn't have to be sharks. It doesn't have to be scuba diving. It could be snorkels. It could be reefs. It could there's a bunch of things. Uh, I'll tell you. Fantastic time. Go see them. Deep Obsession Charters. West Palm Beach. And folks, again, 84 Lumber. You checked out the other guys. You checked out Home Depot. You checked out Lowe's. Go to 84 Lumber for all your building needs. And lastly, here in Florida, over in Volusia County, Deland Metalcraft, all your custom metal needs. As we continue, we move on and bring you the second half. Hi, this is Jim Rosenhouse with the Cleveland Indians, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Back here on the show and ready to go for a little bit more. We've got baseball. We've got wrestling to talk about. Got a lot of baseball going on, and I alluded to it right there at the end of the last segment with uh, JT. Kid Kelly was on from FantasyJusticeSports.com. And, uh, you know, Tanaka 
uh, is probably the nail in the coffin to the Yankees. Um, do you agree? Disagree? How, how, how do you see that? I mean, is that is that pretty much it for them now? I don't think. No, I don't think it is. I mean, let's be real. Tanaka has not had. Well, he's not been the same guy since that he was. You know, he was his rookie year since his rookie year. Um, yeah, I think his ERA was still either right below five or right above five. I don't think he's irreplaceable. I think Sonny Gray still fills that spot. I still think you got a guy like Montgomery or a few other people. Now, Montgomery looks like he was getting a little tired as the season went, but I still think you guys have enough with your bullpen that you have. Like you always say, give me, what, five innings and let the bullpen take over? I just think you're going to have to lean on that pen a little bit more, but I don't think it's over. I, you know, one of the moves, I, I understood the Sonny Gray move, okay? Um, I, I just, I wasn't crazy about it, and it's just not, I, the, the Jaime trade really just doesn't work for me. Gotta be honest with you, man. It's just, uh-huh. and, and he's not, he doesn't have the, attitude that I want to see out of, out of my guys and, and okay. the way he approaches the game. And, um, but Let's we'll see. We'll see. National league pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe pitcher. that's what it is for the American league. Uh, you know, I, I thought that, I, that, I, that, go ahead. Oh, so these pitchers that dominate in the national league come over to the American league. It's a whole different, different game, Jack. You've got, the DH, you've got a lot different lineups. You've got a lot different ballparks uh, than you do. The National League has a few more cavernous ballparks than you're going to see in the American League. On top of that, I just don't think he's suited to be an American League pitcher. I think he best belongs to the National League. It, it's always a, it's always a difficult thing to get a pitcher to come over from National League, used to National League, and go to American League for whatever reason. Because of the DH, it really just does make that kind of a difference. I don't know. Uh, but, again, just was not uh, in love with the trade uh, when it occurred and um, even less in love with it since. Uh, no, unfortunately, I, I think uh, we're starting to see uh, the Yankees for the Yankees, and that's why they're falling off now. Uh, even though they're playing Boston and uh, still quite a matchup. Still, 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 quite a matchup. Sitting there watching a uh, Yankees Boston game. Now, uh, what were you, what are your feelings on? I mean, do you still feel the magic between these two teams or no? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, as much as I hate both teams, it's still the Yankees Red Sox. It's one of the few mm-hmm. matchups for me that I'll still, you know, Cardinals Cubs is another one I like that I'll sit and actually watch just for the rivalry in itself. Um, Oakland would have to be relevant to have a rivalry with anyone, so they're lucky they're my favorite team, or I wouldn't even watch them. But yeah, Yankees Red Sox is definitely for me, and it's still there's a lot of marbles on the line for that AL East this year. So yeah, there's definitely some magic still going in that. It was a great game, uh, at least the, at least the game that I watched in particular. It really seemed like uh, two teams that aren't crazy about each other play hard, understand that they, uh, you know. They're both there in the West. Arizona, L.A., Dodgers was a, a great game the other day. Mm. Speaking of great games, are, go ahead. What? Also, the Diamondbacks are a team that just 
man, they're so talented. If if Dave Stewart wouldn't have given away the farm for Shelby Miller, I wonder where they'd be right now. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they could be. See, they've got a nice lineup, but what hurts is, I mean, they're constantly injured in the outfield. Constantly yeah. injured. Yeah, they, are. they they have the most hurt outfield that I've ever seen. I wonder how many yeah, games they, they lose to men uh, in the outfield good there. It's a good question. You know, two yeah, teams you, that – go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, and you think about that, guys, you know, some of the guys that they have, you know, the one guy that I'm a big fan of is Peralta, but a guy that just can never seem to make it a full season. Yeah, something I hadn't thought about, but now that you mentioned it, yeah, that definitely is a bugaboo for that team. They just can't stay healthy, especially their outfield. Yeah, it is. It's just always been that way. Yasmani uh, Tomas, mm-hmm. you've got uh, Peralta, you got uh, Pollock, who's always hurt. Oh, yeah. Okay. AJO is good for a couple games usually. I mean, it's a regular thing in that outfield. It's that's sad. But, uh, no, what I want to talk about are two teams that really didn't make a, a move, okay, and it seems that it's hurting. Uh, Houston, uh, obviously, Dallas Keiko came out and said that he was not happy with the team. And, and since that uh-huh. team – since that time, the team is really uh, taking a nosedive. Do you see them pulling out of that, or you, you yeah, think, think that the, the is just the way it is? No, I think it's just a bump in the road. Every team has a bump in the road along the season. They have such a big lead. I don't think it's a problem. You look at the team behind them. They're celebrating a player. I think it's next week. They're having, like, Star Wars night where they give out a Jonathan Jedi Lucroy bobblehead. Um He's in Colorado now, guys. Yeah. Um, you know, you know. I, the point is, I don't think they have anything to worry about. I think once you see McCullers get back, um, Keuchel needs a few more starts to get himself back to form. I think they'll be all right. Peacock's actually been a nice surprise for them this year. Um, yeah, I don't think mm-hmm. a lot of people expected that from him. So they've, they've got enough to get through. And then, you know, you something we're going to touch on a little bit when you talk about MVP got a guy named Altuve there who's batting 363 on the season. Uh, you got a guy like him. And don't, don't forget, Carlos Correa being out four to six weeks or six to eight weeks doesn't help either. No. No, not, not at all. It doesn't. But, I mean, uh, I, I just think when uh, your ace of the staff comes out and talks like that, it uh, puts a dent in the team. The team morale, and I think that's what you're seeing. Until they pull out, until they pull out a tough victory. Right. But let me ask you this, and 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 I include you and I in this statement. How do they know what happened at the deadline? Because everything I've read says that Houston tried to make several rather sizable moves and just didn't have enough or have enough in the deal to get them done. So it's not like the front office didn't try to make deals; they didn't accomplish any. You know, where it's like, look at L.A. You know, they go out and get a couple really good relievers, and New Darvish, his you know, first few starts for the Dodgers, looks like Darvish from three, four years ago. So, you know, it's just a matter of were they able to make the moves or did they not try to make the moves? And I think it's more A. I think they tried. They just weren't able to. 
Here's, yeah, and that could be, I think my thing is this. I guess I just don't see having, what's the, what's the good part about coming out on TV and trashing the team or the, your boss? What good could come out of that whole scenario? I want to know at what point he thought that that was good, going to be good for his fellow players. Or, you know, I, I just don't understand that, how that looks good. You know, hey, listen, I'm sure they'll remember that the next negotiation. I'm sure whatever team, right. if he ever gets traded, will now look at him and go, okay, yeah, well, we're susceptible to, uh, you know, him calling us out. It, it, okay. it just, it's not a good yeah. business move, and it's not a good no. team move. I just don't understand it. I, and this is purely speculation on my side, but you, you said the ace of the staff. So generally you look at somebody who's considered the ace of the staff as a team leader. So maybe you wonder if, hey, this guy felt that he needed to voice the locker room's frustration, kind of blow some steam off, vent. He was the guy that needed to do it, kind of like Dustin Pedroia did about the David Price situation a few weeks ago. So maybe it was something along those lines where he felt it needed to be said. Um, you know, maybe it went him some points in the locker room. Who knows? But uh, that's the only logical reason I can come up with for doing something like that. Hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. The other team that's falling off, okay, uh, the Brewers – Again, didn't do anything, and they had a team that was on the run. Are all of a sudden now, a day late and a dollar short, going after the uh, Mets uh, walker. A day late and a dollar short, guys. Where are you? And this is something we talked about about a month ago. You and I were talking about teams that were in first place, being contenders, and something I mentioned to you then was this is a team that's never been in a pennant race. They're not used to being a front runner. They've got to learn how to do this, and I think they learned a valuable lesson is if you're in the first place and you're, you're in a pennant race, you have to spend. I mean, Jeremy Jeffress, that was their big addition, a guy with a five ERA out of the bullpen uh, who's, who has neck spasms from watching balls fly over the fence so fast. I mean, come on. That was your answer. So I think they learned a valuable lesson. Hey, you got to spend money if you want to win some games in the pennant race. And uh, they're learning the hard way now. Uh, that was just I, I just a little late there, guys. I had to laugh when I first read that. I, I just well, thought it was. And uh, what are they doing to Brinson? What are they doing to Brinson? Jacking this kid all over the place. Bring him up, send him down. Bring him up, send him down. I, I, I the Boston. Boston. Hey, I look who's on the mound right Boston. now. What's going to do? I'm watching a live feed of uh, Cincinnati-Milwaukee. Uh, it's uh, sixth inning. And, huh, Josh Hader's on the mound. Oh, Anyway, folks. Yeah, great pitcher. Love the guy. Um, it says here, oh, wow, I'm looking also on the side here. It says Jordan Montgomery struck in the head with a foul ball during batting practice. Yankee pitchers just... Going down left and right. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Did you guys run over a black cat with a team bus on the way to the ballpark tonight or something? I mean. Jesus. All right. Well, it's all good. <laughs> hey, listen, they were outperforming what I thought they'd be anyway. And, and you know, speaking well, you know, of which, because he's in the talk 
about the AL MVP race and judge. Okay. And I really don't, I, I, no. I, I don't see it. I, I don't see it uh, as far as MVP for the AL. Listen, I do say this though, defense. If I had to make a judge defense, okay, where would the Yankees be without his, pardon me? I said, hopefully Tate's listening. He'll enjoy that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, It it didn't do any good. Look, he's still in the standings where he is, so uh, he can have Aaron Judge. Apparently, it didn't do him any good. Um, So, anyway, but where would the Yankees be without Aaron Judge? But I guess no, because if he was an MVP, Aaron Judge would actually carry a team like Tate's. Not necessarily true. Don't forget, (laughs) A-Rod on a losing Rangers team was MVP one year as well. So there there is some some precedence out there for that. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Uh, No, but seriously. Now, uh, there's talk now. Trout. Is he 111 yeah. games? He has a chance at 111 games played this year. Can a guy that's played 111 games still get MVP? If you're asking me, I don't care if he plays one game. The guy's the most valuable player in baseball. Hands down, defensively, offensively, he's not a diva. He's a team player. He shuts his mouth. He goes out there with a great attitude. He's great with the fans. I mean, the guy is every single thing that you want for the face of baseball. And let's look. He's been back just about 30 days or 30, you know, about 30 days. Since he's been back, 359 average, 1.113 OPS, seven homers, 19 RBIs, 22 walks to only 17 strikeouts. A guy that if you ever did pick something in his game he needed to work on, was his strikeouts, which he's done over the last couple seasons. But I look at this guy, you look at his numbers in the hundred, if he does play 111 games, the clip he's going, he is the AL MVP. Over Altuve. Over Altuve, just like he was last year. Again, it's MVP, most valuable player. And now some people want to add to their team. Some people want to add to the league. It just depends on how you look at it. But at this point still, I think Mike Trout means more to the Angels and to baseball than Altuve does to the Astros. Mm. I don't know. See, what's the baseball, big thing that separates the baseball two guys? this what's year? The, okay, if you're gonna if you're gonna say that, if you're gonna say that, then you put Judge right back in the running. There's been no bigger polarizing figure than Aaron Judge this year, period. He overshadows even Bellinger, okay, just because he plays in in New York and and the the belts that he's putting on a ball at the home run derby. Mm -hmm. It's just Mm -hmm. the whole package then. What he's done to MLB, he made MLB more interesting this year than Mike Trout and Altuve put together. What does Made it more have to do with anything? You, you had more fans pay attention. Oh, please. And you want to talk home run derby? Come on. That, that, that's absolutely irrelevant, home run derby. Secondly, 
and I can't believe I hate you for making me make a John Carlos Stanton defense, but I'm going to. Who's leading the major leagues in average distance of home run? Not Aaron Judge. John Carlos Stanton is. That doesn't so, make you MVP. So, no, how, but how average distance. Neither does interesting. Neither does the home run derby. No, but his the rest of his stats do. His his runs, his home runs, hold on, his runs, his runs, his home runs, his batting average, his walks, his RBIs, home run derby, distance that people have seen, and the New York spotlight. What is meant to MLB this year? The attraction that he has been the most valuable player in the American League. You said it's not the team, and it doesn't all what's go by stats. What's he doing over? What's he doing over the last thirty days? What's, let me ask you something. What's Trout done this year that's that much better than Judge? He hasn't. Bat three forty-five. Bat three forty-five. Steal thirteen bases. Only strike out fifty-nine times, which I believe Aaron Judge almost has triple that number. Walk fifty-eight times. Twenty-three home runs. 55 RBIs in, oh, only 255 at-bats. What's he done? In also, how many at-bats? defensive. Also, uh, 255. Okay. And, and also, gold glove center field. Aaron Judge is not an average defensive player, let alone gold glove. He's not an average defensive player? Oh, I've check seen on that. plenty of times they need to kick the circus music on when the ball's in the outfield for that guy. You better go check that. That kid's an athlete. More than one sport, too, there, kiddo. He's good out there. Yeah, I can defend my rival. Jeter, defend my rival team. Jeter's group going to buy Miami, going to take that awful home run sculpture out of the center field there. You like that, or did you want that statue to stay? Are we talking about the uh, big flamingo that's out there? Oh, the flamingo with the with the Marlins on it and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that circus. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'd like to see him do something. You know, if you've ever noticed, and again, let's take uh, the birdcage reference out of this. Um, but if, once you take the pink flamingo statue out of the middle of the outfield out there, uh, that's a very drab park. There's nothing about that. I mean, yeah, you got fish behind and swimming around on the walls behind home plate, whatever. But I hate that statue. What do you think? Who might argue with Jeter? Uh, no, hey, listen, I thought when they first broke that shit out, I was like, oh, my God, that's awful. That is absolutely <laughs> terrible. Yeah, no. Uh, it is very South Beach. Gone. I'm glad it's gone. Uh Let's uh, switching to the last gear, shall we? Mm. Um, it's funny, you know. You are not a fan of Enzo. Mm-mm. It's been uh, it's been reported not that you're not a fan of Enzo. The certifiable G-string. That's exactly what he is. And it's funny because now um, no one is. <laughs> No one is. True. Simon Gotch uh, had a couple of choice words about Enzo Amore. And the one thing that I think is going to literally, and I'm calling it, 
end it. Okay. End it. He'll be gone. Uh, I'm not even talking about going back down to NXT. I'm talking about oh. out of WWE. Gone. Okay. Yeah, no, the, we had talked about the possibility maybe he'll go down to NXT or, you know, maybe he's going to be on 205 Live or so, you, anything. Anything. No. Not happening. Was that you? <laughs> Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear that. What did I miss? Oh, I heard the Coors Brewing Company chime in. That was funny. Anyway, uh, no, so what happened was is this. I guess one of the worst things that you can be in the sport of wrestling, folks, is dangerous, uh, either to yourself or, more importantly, your fellow worker. And uh, I guess Enzo, besides being just a jerk, Okay, and, and listen, a lot of these guys, they have their attitudes and all that, and you can be a jerk. But, I mean, a complete moron's another story. And, yeah, all right, you're having fun with strippers and all this shit, and you're bringing them backstage, and you shouldn't be doing that. Okay, but, again, you're not the first to ever do it either. But where a lot of the guys will draw the line, and ladies, is if you're not safe. And Simon Gotch uh-huh. says one of the biggest problems is his ego doesn't allow him to learn. See, he isn't a good wrestler. All the other workers know he isn't a good wrestler. But the only person that doesn't know he's a good wrestler, isn't a good wrestler, is Enzo. So when they make a call of, okay, listen, we're going to do a match and we're going to do this, 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 and this. Can you do that? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, don't worry. I got you. I got you. I can do that. Yeah, yeah, no, I got all those moves. I can do all of them. And then you go out to the ring and you don't. You apparently didn't know how to properly perform a move maneuver. And it's leading to your injury and others. It's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. And... um I would be surprised. I'd be surprised. Let's see. Where are we? I don't see him making it to the fall. He'll be. He'll be gone. He won't make it to Survivor Series. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. So you'll be happy about that. Go ahead. Well, let's look at it though. From way back, from you know, we've had guys like Shannon Moore, uh, Johnny Knockout, to name a few on that we've talked to about being, you know, guys being safe, knowing what they're doing in the ring. Uh, but way back, I've told you, this guy has no talent in the ring whatsoever. You said it. He's best suited to be a mouthpiece. That's really all this guy brings to the table. But if you're going to put other guys' careers on the line, at this point, if you're Vince McMahon, who knows whose career he puts on the line and what does that do to your bottom dollar? So at this point, you've got to get rid of him. He's an idiot. Get rid of him. No one's going to miss him. He'll end up on TNA or, or somewhere because of his mouth. Um, give him a Cody Graves job. Put his ass behind the announce table. That's really all the guy brings to the game. Yeah, and, but he's just I, – I think he's – I think he's Burned just pissing a lot of people off. Yeah, he is, how he stupid, is really – By the way, how stupid do you feel if a guy is irrelevant as Simon Gotch has been made is shooting on you – and have credibility. Hey, but, uh, there you go. Uh, and that is the bottom line right there is has credibility. Has Correct. credibility. That's the, 
that, and nobody's arguing it, and it, it's just oh my lord. Uh, and then again, you start bringing in, you start bringing people into the locker room that shouldn't be there, and then they start doing things that guests aren't supposed to do back Ooh. there. Um, <laughs> you've just you you have no control over the talent. Listen, be this guy's boss for a second. You have no control over the talent. He's he, he's he's losing it, okay? So you have no control over what he's doing, his actions. And he's not a safe worker. Uh, you put two and two together there, folks. Uh, it's right. not going to be much longer. Jester, Jester yeah. let me ask you this real quick on this subject. Put yourself in Big Cass's shoes right now. Do you okay. feel relieved? Are you irritated? I mean, what, what's Big Cass thinking? If you're Big Cass, what are you thinking about this whole thing? Because you've had to put up with this dude for how many years? Well, if I'm big, okay. Am I, am I big cast? Am I being honest with myself? You would hope. Okay. If I'm big cast and I'm honest with myself, uh, I'm a little upset and wish my childhood friend would get his shit together because we were on a rocket path. Yeah, uh, I am. I, I am not good on the mic. I am not Enzo on the mic. He adds a dimension to my game, and we were one of the hottest tickets while he had his shit together. If you notice over they the were past, so over. Oh yeah, but if you notice over the last couple of months, even even his promos, okay, and, and the starts to the matches weren't the same. The effort wasn't mm-hmm. there in it. It wasn't as funny. It just had changed. So. Uh, if I am Cass, I am disappointed. Okay. Disappointed, possibly angry, uh, depending on how I handle my disappointment. But yeah, um, I'm relieved if I'm Big Cass. I'm relieved because this guy cost me a chance of being a tag team cha- uh, champion. How many times at this point? The guy's cost me in my singles match because I've been carrying this guy in the tag team division. And now I can go, hopefully, Big Cass, get in the gym and tighten that body up a little bit, uh, go get in the gym and start concentrate on my singles career because this guy's wasted how many years of my life? <laughs> let's get to uh, – let's switch up. We've got a couple of quick uh, – couple of minutes here. Let's just real quick – I'm going to uh, talk about these matches here, folks, and uh, I'll get JT's input on it. Uh, just real quick, some of the SummerSlam that's going on, uh, you know, first off, you've got the Universal Championship. You've got Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, Fatal 4-Way. There's more than 1,200 pounds of guys in the ring. Um, and also, Heyman saying Lesnar will leave WWE if he loses the Fatal 4-Way because it's unfair. So, in other words, Lesnar is leaving because he's going back to MMA. MMA. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's going to leave Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, or Braun Strowman. Uh, it's a Strowman uh, Wait a minute. Can somebody put a camera in the house of Joey Cage if Roman Reigns wins the belt? <laughs> yeah, I want to see that. I want that to be on Facebook Live if that happens. <laughs> Oh, I think, uh, no, I think, uh, ooh, wow. 
Yeah, I think Braun. It's just the age of Braun Strowman. They've been pushing their giant. If you're going to take it off of the beast incarnate, you better have some kind of beast to, to take over. And I don't think Joe's ready yet. Yeah, I'm thinking about. Hmm, that's a good one. Yeah, all right. I'll go. I'll go with Strowman on that one. Let's go over to the WWE Championship. Jinder Mahal versus uh, Nakamura. Is there is, is there somebody any more over than Nakamura? I mean, uh, no. This is, but that does that doesn't mean anything in WWE. Is there anybody over more than AJ Styles? Uh, this is simple. This comes down to one thing: Has WWE concluded their India tour yet? Because until they do, Jinder Mahal is your champion. Well, okay, but they, they that's what I'm saying. They are I'm pretty sure that they're not just winding that up, but they're getting ready, okay, to go to the to home to the country of Oh, uh, yeah, Nakamura, son of a bitch. Isn't right. that crazy? Well, so, if it's not now, it'll be happening. Pardon me? Isn't that funny how that works? But I mean, he beat Cena clean to be number 1 contender. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. He, uh oh! Do you smell that? They're working India and Japan. Wait a minute! I smell DQ. Oh, and it's not Dairy Queen, folks. No, no, it's not Dairy Queen. It's not. Oh, a little with a little uh, hard shell dip on the cone. No, no oh, it's not that. Right, a little butterscotch or something. Oh, but no. Let's let's uh, let's be real. If no, hold on. It, if it's we're a pay per view. If we're going to talk food for one second, you're talking Dairy Queen. Folks, get the brownie sundae. Get the hot fudge with strawberries brownie sundae. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Thank you, uh, you know, Rachel Ray. <laughs> but, no, it's let's, – let's be real. If, if they're done in India and they're going to the Orient, you're going to see Nakamura with that belt. It's a big pay-per-view. If Vince is half the businessman he used to be and if Paul Levesque lets Vince do it, You've got to have – you can't have any no decisions or no contest. You can't have any of that crap. Uh, each match needs to have an outcome, needs to have an actual ending, and I think Nakamura walks out of there if the India tour is as done as they say it is. If they've still got a little bit to go, I think you're going to see Jinder keep it. I say no de- – I'm calling no decision right now. Okay. I'm telling you right now, no okay. decision. That's how, that's how they keep decide. that one going a little longer. Okay. Um, okay. United States Championship. AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, for the uh, fourth again. time. Yeah, for the fourth time, they're going to meet with the title on the line. Fourth time. But there's a special referee, Shane McMahon. Now, <laughs> that's interesting. Why? Yeah, another way. For Why is he there as a special yeah. So, in other words, some, some messed up crap is going to happen there. Right. And it's summer We need to the fifth you know, time they will go ahead on. <laughs> We're sitting here, the Fantasy Jester Show in 2018, and for the 27th time, Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles for the United States Championship. And let's get, get this over with. I mean, put it out of its misery already. Uh it's it's almost yeah. as bad as having pay per views every week. Let's get a, if I had to pick a winner though, you would hope AJ Styles would win that match. You would hope. 
<sighs> you would hope. I don't the see Kevin it. Kevin Owens experiment is a flop. Without Jericho, he's completely irrelevant. Yeah, pretty much. All right, so we call the one with uh, DQ. This one here is going to be a DQ interference, though. <laughs> Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. Quick. Oh, wait, wait. Finn Balor, Bray Who's Wyatt. The, the Demon King is back. I called the Demon King had to come back. Does the Demon King beat Bray Wyatt? If they're bringing the Demon King back, then they have to have it beat Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt's the whipping boy of WWE. Of course. Sure is. I got you on that one. Agreed. 100%. Uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. Naomi Natalia. Naomi wins. They've never given it to Natalia. How can you give it to a lady yeah. who had a flatulence gimmick for six months? Naomi keeps it. Cena Corbin. Cena I think it's Corbin's time. Cena's here to put people over. Corbin. Randy Orton and Rusev. I have no idea why, but okay, go ahead. Quick. Uh, Randy Orton. Okay. I'll agree with you just because we're out of time. How about that one? <laughs> Folks, Fantasy Justice Show. That's been JT Fest 437 on Twitter. I am the Fantasy Jester. Jester versus Shark. Who won? I'm here. <laughs> Pay attention to the photos that are coming out over these next couple of days. We've got so much more planned. And don't forget, Gridiron Guys are coming. You want to pay attention to that. I'm the Jester. I'm out.